The Forward Thinking CFO podcast is brought to you by the team at Nemertas, your financial modelling partner. We're trusted modelling advisors to global leaders ranging from FTSE 100 corporations to major infrastructure providers to fund managers with billions under management. But we're more than just modellers. Our team are true experts who understand your business and create solutions to help you overcome your challenges and give you the confidence you need to make your critical business decisions. To find out more about how we can help you solve your toughest business challenges, please visit our website at numeritas.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Forward Thinking CFO podcast. Or should I say welcome back for the second part of my conversation with Microsoft Excel's head of product, Brian Jones. My name is Stephen Aldridge, Managing Director at Numeritas and one of your hosts for this series. In today's episode, Brian and I delve deeper into the evolution of Excel and the innovations that are keeping it ahead of the competition. We discussed what the future holds for Excel and the various opportunities for its customers, including how it's catering to a range of different users and making more complex tools more accessible for different customer groups, the increasing ability to build automated processes in Excel without the need for coding skills, and the drive to bring Excel's full capabilities to all platforms, including its web application. It was such a pleasure to speak to Brian and a rare opportunity to look at the inner workings of a product so many of us rely on. If you're a CFO, you're going to want to listen all the way to the end as this interview will give you a great understanding of the advances that are coming to your screen soon. So put away your pivot tables, sit back and press play on today's second part of the Forward Thinking CFO with Brian Jones. And when you're uh, looking at these new features and so on, do you kind of think of, so in marketing, there's a concept of a persona and you, you try to target your marketing at, you know, you, know, you imagine a particular person in a particular role and, and you target them. Is, does that kind of concept come into the design of features and the evolution of those it's kind of interested in the process in by which you know a feature the initial idea where well where does that come from first of all is that and then you know what's the sort of process you go through to to develop that into something that gets into the product that's a great question we could talk for hours on that i will try to give you an abridged version and you can tell me if this is useful enough Uh, but basically yes we definitely look at personas we are not afforded the luxury with Excel of only focusing on a specific segment or persona, though. Boy, that would make the job a whole lot easier, right? If we just said, hey, we're just going to go after financial analysts and that's it, right? But it's also what makes it the job so much fun. And so, you know, people use Excel for managing their shopping lists and they use Excel for deciding what next billion dollar transaction they're going to make, right? And so, like, uh, boy, that's a pretty, there's a pretty broad spectrum there in between, right? And so we do all sorts of different models for how we go and segment out kind of our, our customer base. In addition to looking at are there, are there segments that aren't using Excel yet where, you know, we could actually go and, and be more involved, right? Like uh, I mentioned education. There's a lot of, a lot of places where people aren't using Excel right now uh, in, in, in education that I think it would be a really, I think that there's some stuff we could do that could make it much more uh, applicable. So you know, the, the most recent way that we segment out is, is less on uh, user type, like, you know, the type of problems they're trying to solve. And it's more on the patterns of analysis that they do. 
whether or not it be just like kind of like simple list taking or moving up into really advanced kind of analysis where they're kind of using all sorts of different tools and Excel is just one of them, right? Uh, getting into like writing SQL statements and things like that, right? And I'd say every couple of years we do different rounds just to educate ourselves more of finding different ways of grouping and segmenting. Sometimes it's by industry. I already mentioned uh, usage patterns. And we use that more as a signal. And sometimes it can be a rallying cry. Sometimes there will be specific investments and features that we'll make that are only for a specific segment. And that's why, in general, the way that we have to view the set of investments that we make for Excel is it's really more of a portfolio, right? Where we'll have, you know, X percentage of the team is like, in fact, I can just kind of walk through the portfolio we have right now. You know, a good chunk of our team is still focused on collaboration. Um, and for the most part, that's across all segments. Just how do people work together in Excel? Although we have been able to start to get into specific usage patterns. And so one of the ones we're looking at more now is what we kind of call high scale collab, where it's it's kind of is more like those scenarios where you almost have like a list of stuff. So you have like hundreds of people all kind of adding information into a list, um, which is obviously different than like collaborating on a financial model where, you know, you're clearly not going to have a huge number of people, maybe at most like two or three people. Right. Uh, and there's usually one person that kind of feels like they're still the owner of it. Right. But that's one big chunk of our investment. Another big one is, is our web application where our strategy is that we Excel runs across any platform that helps us from a reach perspective, but also the web applications are kind of unique in that there's a lot of people that don't have control over the software that's on the devices that they're using, right? And so the web application is the kind of one thing that gives them the ability to kind of experience the modern latest versions of Excel, get the most out of the collaboration features, just as one example. And so our goal is to get the web application pretty close to parity with Win32. I think there'll be a set of things like VBA is a great example where we're we're not going to find a way of getting VBA to run uh, in the cloud. But we have alternatives like the the JavaScript programming language is a good alternative. So that's another big chunk. The stuff that you mentioned around the core investments in the grid, like data types, dynamic arrays, things like that. That's one that we kind of call that our core grid investments. And the internal name that we've used for at times is actually called Project Yellow. But that's a long term investment for us. And the the kind of key metrics we're going after there is just trying to find getting more people to deeply uh, leverage calc the grid and that data types like a great example uh, there with data types is just trying to make it so that excel is more applicable to a broader set of scenarios like really you know back when if it's just text and numbers it's really great for like finance and stuff like that but if you wanted to do use excel for organizing like chemistry information you know like getting into the sciences things like that it doesn't quite fit as well right and data types really helps there and then an, a, another big piece is is the intelligence stuff. And the the key segment right now that we're going after with most of our intelligence investments is more like the novice user and is trying to trying to take some of the more powerful advanced pieces of the product and make them more approachable. So suggesting pivot tables, suggesting charts, trying to tell you what's going on with your data and trying to get you to see here's the capabilities of the product that you may not have realized. So, you know, that's kind of a a roundabout way of answering your question around, do we go and focus on segments uh, or personas? Yes, we definitely do, but there's not just one, right? And so it's a thing that we have to kind of look at in a broad sense. Sure, yeah, no, I imagined that, you know, you would at least have a, a number of different ones. So, uh, I'm, yeah, maybe the finance guy, but I, I used to be an engineer as well. And uh, 
and that's actually how I started using Excel and uh, writing uh, Excel for macros scripts to uh, you know manipulate things. So uh, you know, th- th- those two I kind of understand, but yeah, there's got to be lots of different people, different kind of roles, and uh, yeah, as you say, people in the sciences using Excel for things which um, you know never enter my head. I mean, there's a whole lot of statistical functions in there that I don't go near. So, <laughs> I mean, the finance like that anymore. that group is clearly like our, you know, those are our fans, and we are huge fans, right? Like, actually, this the the audience for this podcast, right? And that's one where we actually it, it's actually part of our hiring strategy for the for the program management team is that we've got we we actually hire quite a few industry experts, you know, folks who their background is more in like financial modeling, for instance. But they had a bit of like an engineering knack, you know, maybe they were people that like to build add-ins uh, as, as a way, part of their job for helping to solve problems and stuff like that. And so we have several people on our team whose background is more in finance, uh, but they're now uh, program managers on the team just to because it's a really deep, complex space. And obviously, like we need to make sure that the better we can understand that as we're building the solutions, you know, the, the better, the better what the results will be of what we build. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually why I was in Redmond all those years ago, was, uh, teaching a financial modeling course. Your program managers. <laughs> so with Excel, well, you know, many of the Microsoft products, but Excel in particular being kind of the leading product, the top of the pile. It, then it's it's something everybody else, every other software company is is going to t- try and take a chunk out of that market share and so on. So I've wondered whether the, some of the recent developments and things like the web app in particular, because you've got Google Sheets as a a pretender to the throne, perhaps, and uh, that that's just lost me any chance of getting a job at Google. But never mind. <laughs> so, is is that something that that you're thinking about? I mean, it's from what you're saying, it just sounds like you're 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 you know driving to uh, satisfy people's needs and, and so on. But you know, do you do you uh, have an eye on the competition as well and what what uh, what they might be doing and whether they're trying to take chunks out of your market share? Yeah, I mean, I think that. I think anybody like it's always great to have competition because it helps you, you know, it helps drive you to be better, right? For sure. And so, you know, you mentioned, yeah, there's kind of two different sides of, you know, if I think of if I just define competition as places where people had been using Excel and they're considering moving on to using something else, right? There's kind of two sides to it. One is more like the vertical tools, right? And I can give examples internally in Microsoft, like Microsoft Project, right? You know, there's Obviously, like there, I don't have any worry about vertical solutions like that coming along. In fact, I think it's great because I do think that there are times that a certain solution or process will outgrow Excel, especially when it's one where it's not quite it's not changing. Like it's something that becomes more hardened, uh, just a core part of the business. And it makes sense to have a more vertical solution. Uh, and the reason I don't worry about that for Excel is because there's always the next thing that people have that they need to go and manage and uh, and track. And so, you know, we even look internally at how do we grow up into these other other things. Like Power BI is another great example. Like I think Power BI is such an amazing complement to Excel, and we work really really closely with that team. Before Power BI, people would use Excel for things like for building like dashboards and things like that. That like don't always lend themselves as well to the grid, right? Like if you think of the soul of Excel being the grid and calc, there are times that like the main things you're doing aren't really taking advantage of that core thing, right? And it's great to kind of go and move on to a, a tool that's purpose built for that, right? 
and you see that obviously in the in the industry where there are a lot of solutions people customers have built in Excel and or use Excel for that maybe aren't changing that rapidly, maybe aren't like core IP that like, you know, a SaaS vendor will come along and build something that's works, doesn't it just kind of like works out of the box, nice turnkey thing. And and I think that that's great. You know, we'll continue to like the things like the data types work, for instance, we're going to continue to to innovate and make Excel more relevant for a broader set of things. Right. But that's not as much because we're worried that people are moving off to these other tools. That's just that we see what people are doing in Excel and how they get stuck today. And we want to go and kind of help help get them unstuck. You know, the other side of competition is more like other true horizontal tools and like Google Sheets is a is a good example of that. Right. And they are purely I mean, they have a, na- a, a native application for mobile, but for the most part, they're purely a web app. Right. And, you know, that's a thing that I think we would still even if it wasn't for Google Sheets, we'd still be heavily, heavily invested in our web app for all of the you know advantages that I talked about before. It just makes it so much easier for us to get the latest bits to people. And we're seeing more and more customers especially in certain industries where their users actually just prefer to use a web application. Like they're just not, they like web applications over native applications. I'm not that way, but a lot of people I talk to are. And so it would have been an important thing for us regardless, but it's nice because Google is actually, there's some great things that they had done around collaboration that took us longer to. And so it really kind of helped kind of set the bar. And I think that we're now at the point where we have an amazing collaboration experience inside of Excel. Uh, and we're just going to keep getting better there. And so I think that in general, the team, we're always looking at things from a competitive perspective. And, you know, it's not even a, as much of a thing of being worried about the competition. It's just more being aware and using that as a way of learning. Is there something that customers are are looking for that that we may have missed? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can certainly see that in the web app. And there's, there's been a lot of advancements very quickly uh, in recent times. Yeah. You'd mentioned a bit earlier about VBA not really working well with that. And, you know, that there's the script language that uh, is kind of more suited to that based around JavaScript. And uh, I'm just wondering if the, you know, if you can know or can tell us anything about the future of uh, programming languages within Excel and VBA in particular. There's, there's a lot of people that, who uh, we'd love to hear about, you know, is, is VBA going to keep going? I keep seeing this discussion on forums, but uh, and, and for people like me, you know, those uh, years of investment in software you know, that's written in VBA. That, um, yeah. So say it'd be interested to hear about whether that's going to develop any further or uh, is it it's kind of just uh, going to keep pace with the object model? Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. VBA is not going anywhere for sure, right? There's just still so much broad usage of it. In general, like we, the only times that we go and deprecate something is if we've just seen that the usage has completely gone away and there it's not being used for anything core and strategic anymore. And VBA is far from that, right? VBA is is used for super critical processes still for folks, and so VBA is not going anywhere, and we'll continue to support and evolve VBA. I'd say that you're not going to see any massive innovation there. But it'll clearly be a thing that like we'll continue to make sure it works. And as the product uh, evolves and new features and capabilities come along, we'll make sure that that doesn't somehow get in the way of solutions that folks have built. The place where more of our innovations going, though, around extensibility is in we tend to kind of refer to as our, our web based uh, extensibility model. And when I say web based, it doesn't mean it's for our web app. I mean, it uses web technologies, which then means it's something that can run across platform. And so 
the way that you can go and script Excel in a cross-platform way is through JavaScript. And that's actually something that it works across all platforms. The thing that's newer that we released, it's pretty exciting, is a thing that's called Office Scripts, which is essentially, I mean, for, for folks that are a little bit more on the extensibility side, this analogy will make sense. Otherwise, it'll be a little bit uh, a geeky. But you can think of that in the old world, you had com add-ins and you had VBA, right? They both used essentially the same API, the same, the same set of uh, extensibility points in the product. But a com add-in was something like a pro developer would use. They'd use Visual Studio, they'd write it in C++, and they'd go and build a solution. And eventually, VSTO came along and you can build it and manage code. Whereas VBA was something that non-developers would fall into. And in fact, there's there's tons of developers I still meet today who the way that they learn development is they were using Excel and they they fell into doing macro recording and building macros and they slowly found like kind of a passion around developing. So in the new model, it's all based on JavaScript and a JavaScript API. And we recently released a thing called Office Scripts, which is essentially kind of like the VBA version. All the stuff before had kind of been like our web version of the com add-ins, where it's still more of a professional developer. Office Scripts is the thing that's like VBA, where there's experience where you can record scripts. There's a nice little what we call an IDE, a development environment where you can go and, and edit the code. And that's all targeted at that VBA user, the non-developer who's wanting to go and do uh, some automation on top of the on top of the application. Right now, just because we're it's a newer thing, that's only in our web app that the Office Scripts is supported. But clearly, that's a thing that over time we're going to evolve to be something that you can do cross-platform, right? Because, I mean, ultimately, our goal for platforms is the you can use whatever platform you, you prefer and you shouldn't have to move between different platforms just because there's some capability you want right like any capability should be supported across all of them so that's really the future of where we're going is uh everything is going to be a be an extension and build on top of the that web extensibility model yeah okay that's great to hear it's, it's uh, really useful information actually for those of us who uh, are uh, using those that, that yeah that, that uh, programming part of the product and for the office scripts to know that that's going to be rolled out across the other platforms as well. Fantastic. Yeah. One other plug, by the way, is I know that you, you get this, Stephen, but like the, the advancements around arrays, lambdas, things like that, that is also, you could say, um, that replaces some of the things that people used to use VBA for as well, because people, you know, VBA is interesting. You could have, you can use it for just automation. Like I want to kind of go and drive some data entry or things like that, some repeated task. But people would also use VBA for doing more like data cleansing, right? For going and actually like something you couldn't do with a formula, you'd go and write VBA for. Lambda really extends how you can just use Excel's native formula language and build something that looks more like a program that can be repeated and reused, and so we're seeing a lot of places where people said, wow, I used to have to use VBA to do this manipulation, especially like with the combination of lambdas and arrays where I had to work it against a data set. And so I ended up using VBA to do manipulation. Now, because of arrays and lambdas, I can go and build, I can actually build recursive logic, right? Like just using Excel's formula language, uh, which is pretty mind blowing, actually. It is. Yeah. And uh, I'd say the same is probably true of um, Power Query as well, that that is sometimes uh, you know a much easier way to 
effectively record or you know set up a, a series of steps for data that, uh, that you need to repeat again and again, and, and it's a, a much quicker than writing VBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because this is a finance uh, podcast, the, the one criticism that's leveled at, at uh, spreadsheets in general is that they're error prone and. I know that this is something we've talked about uh, in the past, but if if, um, if there's any anything that you're doing in the product or thought of doing with the product that uh, tries to address any of those sort of, I, 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 this is to some extent a little bit of an unfair question because it's like saying to the the uh, makers of Ferrari, you know, are you doing anything to improve the, the or reduce the number of accidents that your drivers have? But you know, in the same way, is there anything you think you can do with Excel? Is that something that's on your mind? It, it's it's absolutely something that's on our mind, you know. And the the car example is great, right? Because you do have like you know folks like Volvo or stuff that that they've decided to take on that as a challenge to say they're gonna they're gonna try and reduce accidents based on, you know, what is like pretty interesting innovation on AI and sensors and things like that. And you know, there's some stuff that we had done in the past, like there's the some really basic formula error detection where we see if formulas aren't kind of repeating in a in what is a consistent way we, there's like the little green triangle that shows up in the in the in the cell that was just kind of scratching the surface though i think that this is a thing that we'll continue to look at and there's kind of i'd say that it's a multi-pronged thing one is i think that there's really great work in the industry like with you know like like you all right where helping to teach people really good patterns and best practices around how to go and build out models that are robust, right? And there's some great guidelines out there and like great groups that will go and do auditing and uh, interrogation of stuff. So I think that's a great thing. It's just like everything you need, you know, you need like the equivalent of like driver's ed and people that can go and kind of help people learn how to like use the car in the right way, right? And I think that we'll look at doing stuff in product as well, though. And there's kind of two places we look at it. One is better intelligence around assisting people with writing formulas. And so that's a thing that we've, we look at a little bit, you know, and it's, you can imagine that evolving from what we're already doing around suggesting pivot tables and charts and things like that. Like we'll, we'll probably start to suggest formulas at times or things like that too. That's, that's a little bit further out. The other side is on the collaboration front where that's another place that you get errors is just that you have multiple people working on a workbook and not everybody has their head around the model, right? And so they may make some assumptions. And so we're trying to do more around helping you see what are the edits that were made. And so if all of a sudden the model is not operating as you had expected, we can go and flag things for you and say, hey, did you realize that Steven was here last week and and edited this this cell or, or whatnot, right? So um, that's something that will, you know, we'll, we're just going to start to scratch the surface with that in the coming, you know, in the coming quarters where we'll at least start to show you a little bit of the history of the workbook. You know, we have pretty decent versioning now, for instance, and we'll try and get more intelligent there. But I think that's one that we'll, we'll continue to go, uh, and evolve to because yeah, I mean, all of the errors are for the, they're not errors. Like you're saying, it's not an error where like Excel calculated the thing wrong. It's because there was a, a human error, but it's something that we want to, you know, as the stewards of the product, we want to continue to try and figure out how can we make it so it's less likely that will happen. Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. And, uh, I can see how AI might uh, contribute to that because it is very much about trying to identify those sorts of behaviors really. Yeah. So, um, we are coming towards the end actually. I know, uh, we, we've only got a few minutes left. You've already told us so much about 
where things are going in the future and, and uh, what we can expect to see over the next few years. But uh, I just wonder if there's anything else, either on a big picture level or on a personal level, that you, you see as important over the next few months and uh, you know, what's in the future for you? It's funny, like, because Excel is this, you know, it's like a 30-year-old product, but at the same time, everybody working on the, on it, we all feel like it's still just, you know, we're just scratching the surface of what it can do and how people can go and leverage it, especially in this new world of connected devices and the cloud and just the central role Excel can play in analyzing information and what's going on around you and help you make decisions, right? Like it's it's the ultimate decision-making tool. It's like an extension of your brain, right? And so you'll continue to see us do a lot more around people working together in groups uh, and helping Excel serve more and more of a role there. Excel is already a highly collaborative application. When you look at the three apps, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, this is you know, pre uh, the move to the cloud and things like SharePoint. Excel always had a far higher instance of files that were on network shares as opposed to just local files because people putting them on network shares so multiple people can go and access them, right? So Excel's always been heavily collaborative and we're just doing a lot of work to go and make that smoother and so people really can all be working at the same time together and understand what's going on. So you'll see a ton of more innovation there. The web app will continue to get more and more feature rich and start to look more and more like what you can do in Windows, Windows and Mac. Mac, for that matter, will continue to go and invest there and bring, you know, we're already look, bringing Power Query to the Mac, for instance. Right now, we don't have the editor, but we at least have the ability to go and refresh queries that you've already built. And then I think that the thing that where people are really going to continue to be blown away is the stuff that we're doing around the core calc and the grid. And so all of that stuff, like the data types, dynamic arrays, lambdas, starting to see how those things all fit together more and more, that will start to become more apparent as we roll out the next wave of of investments there. And it's really going to really revolutionize how you can use Excel for building out interesting logic and making, making decisions. And then the last one around AI, and we didn't even hit on natural language, but that's kind of a piece of our, of our AI investments. Uh, if people haven't played around with it, if you bring up that that ideas task pane, the, the lightning bolt, you can go, there's a search box up in the top of that where you can actually go and type out questions. And so if you have a set of data selected, you can start to ask questions of your data. And one of the things you, you'll notice if you play around with that a bit is that we're starting to get more intelligence around the semantics of the data. So we understand if the column is, you know, of type like people, for instance, and so you could have a t- column that's just titled like author. And then if you could ask a question saying who sold the most books and we're smart enough to know that that one column is, is a people based column. And so we're, we have a lot more awareness in our intelligence engine around the structure and the semantics of tables, which is, which means that we'll be able to do a lot of innovation around how you have conversations with Excel about your data, which is pretty exciting for, you know, obviously for different form factors from an accessibility perspective, making Excel more accessible to a broader audience and also just making it easier for you, even if you're an advanced Excel user, to not necessarily have to go and, and build out all of the formulas for everything you want to analyze, but you can just start to ask questions about things to figure out where do you want to go and drill in. So, yeah, it's a like I was saying before, it's a portfolio based investment for us in terms of the set of things that we're investing in. And I'm pretty excited about each one of those areas. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about those too. Uh, that's, that's great to hear. Thank you for that insight. And 
I'm sure, like me or the people who are listening to this, will uh, shortly run off and uh, start exploring that Harry Potter lightning bolt and see what we can find out. So <laughs> that's great. Anyway, I'm afraid that's uh, we're, we're going to have to bring it to a close there. I know you've got something else to go to now. So uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time, Brian. It's been fantastic uh, talking to you. And there's so many more things that we could talk about, but uh, that, that's been absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure all our listeners will appreciate that too. Thanks very much. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was great chatting with you, Stephen. And I'm looking forward to any feedback folks have. Please, you know, send it my way. Let me know how we can continue to make the product better. I'm sure we will. Thanks and cheers, Brian. All right. Bye, Stephen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're keen to hear your thoughts on this episode, so please do get in touch at info at numeritas.co.uk. If you'd like to find out more about Brian, you can check out his LinkedIn profile. And you'll find a link to that in the show notes accompanying this episode. The Forward Thinking CFO podcast is brought to you by the team at Nemertas, your financial modelling partner. We're trusted modelling advisors to global leaders ranging from FTSE 100 corporations to major infrastructure providers to fund managers with billions under management. But we're more than just modellers. Our team are true experts who understand your business and create solutions to help you overcome your challenges and give you the confidence you need to make your critical business decisions. To find out more about how we can help you solve your toughest business challenges, please visit our website at numeritas.co.uk.